Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. Scott's here, and uh, I'm here, so let's let's get into it. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing good. This will be a good test for the alert system, right? So did you get an alert, and if you just tuned in and you didn't see nick he was off air for just a moment but uh you know we can always count on ej to get to, to be on the uh on the ball when we get those alerts going that youtube alert goes out and i will teach nick how to schedule a chat so it sends the alerts out 30 minutes in advance instead there we of go. you know prepping <laughs> one um but yeah it's uh you know mondays mondays make sense you know I, I feel like sometimes we lose a little bit of our thunder by waiting for tuesdays in season mm-hmm and rehashing some stuff so this will kind of become the morning after show uh mm-hmm. of game day and you know right now since it was since the broncos were off uh sunday i'm going to take a look at, at the positional groups and kind of review mm-hmm. rank rate the positional groups as we go through them today yeah i know absolutely and ej's in the house good to see you yeah i definitely totally forgot to schedule it i just make the room and uh, i'm sure there's different ways to make it um but uh you know, I'm I'm home alone still and uh, schlubbing around, so uh, I probably should have should have gotten that taken care of. Uh, we got Sunny Days coming in here. Good morning, Broncos country. Good to see you, uh, man. Everybody's coming in. It's good to see. We got 13 eyeballs, but it's it's a sleepy Monday morning here in the Pacific Northwest. I'm sure it is out in Colorado as well. Uh, get your coffee going. Obviously, it's a shout out to everybody. I'm drinking uh, just a Scott's drinking a black. I always like a little bit of cream. Probably the Midwestern in me love a little dairy, but Guys, this is Broncos for Breakfast. You guys can follow us on Twitter, Scott at Scout Kennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall MHH. And while you're there, follow us at Huddle Up Pod and at Mile High Huddle. Uh, Facebook folks, make sure you go to facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod. Um, over on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and like and share to this page. Hit the bell for the notifications. That way you know when we go live. Uh, that way, if we're playing in something like this, where it's new people coming in or a new kind of uh, don't have you guys trained, so to speak, for the Monday yeah, it's show. A new time, new time zone. You make sure you get your alerts. Exactly. Um, and also make sure you're hitting the alerts and like liking, subscribing and sharing to Scott's channel at YouTube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And everybody coming in right now, we do have the Patrick Sertan jersey giveaway still underway. Uh, Facebook stars, uh, YouTube super chats, super stickers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, make sure you're getting those in there to win a chance for a Patrick Sertan the second jersey. Probably right now, if we were buying stock on any player on this Broncos team, Sertan probably have the the highest pay for the stock. Um, but you're gonna have some good long term investment there at that Sertan jersey as well. Well, so, I think uh, we were about we're about a quarter of the way left, so about twenty five percent left, and we were about sixty five percent to goal. Mm-hmm. And Dave Glassman coming in, contributing to that goal already this morning. Thank you for the stars. And Dave, I saw your question yesterday, but it scrolled off the chat so fast I couldn't find it. Yes, I did buy insurance on the NLCS and paid $250 for an Atlanta Braves win. So, yes, I, I did I did put $250 on the Dodgers to win. That I, I call that insurance. You know, what are you, what are you willing to pay to see your team advance? For me, it was $250. That's mm-hmm. what I paid. That's what they advanced. So, I, I figure... You know, if uh, if I'm going to have to continue to suffer through pain and misery of watching my team blow another big lead, I'm going to get paid for it. Otherwise, we're going to put some insurance down and make sure it happens. So uh, appreciate the question, Dave. Appreciate the stars. And Andrew coming in big, uh, as always, coming in big this morning. And he's also contributing through the shop at, at huddleuppod.com, uh, saying ordering some mugs as we speak. Love your guys' show and really appreciate the content. I like the mugs. I like the mugs. The Broncos for breakfast is nice and clean. Only problem is I don't wash my mug out every day. So you see, I, I got a ring around the collar up here. So <laughs> it's like a it's like a seasoned pan. Like, I haven't washed this pan in ten years. I'm like, well, that's a little <laughs> gross. This is coffee. So um, yeah, good stuff. Listen up, Broncos country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner 
for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Honestly, this may be a little bit uh, crazy. I was thinking about getting a second mug uh, just to have a backup just in case and maybe sometimes, you know, double fist it. Like, well, just I've got another one it. coming. It should be here for Mark Langley, for uh, Mark from Georgia. It shipped this weekend. So he's there such a go. huge contributor for YouTube, speaking of big contributors on YouTube, that I ordered him a mug and I'm going to go have a cup of coffee with him over in Dallas, Georgia. So Mark from Georgia, Scott from Georgia, so I've got I've got two, and I'm gonna give one away. Broncos well, sixteen and one. Dark Rose, let's get this party started. Absolutely, it's coffee talk on a Monday morning. Broncos sixteen and one. I almost feel like it, it. Maybe that's part of the mystique, but I feel like I should call you by a name. I you know until I like am familiar with people, I'm just not comfortable with calling people by their last names yeah. or their nicknames or something like that. It's 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 disrespectful to me. So Broncos sixteen and one. Yep. Thank you. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to uh, get to meet up one day. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Dave Glassman, Andrew Lampy, and Bronco sixteen to one. You guys are great, keeping the lights on. And a Monday morning that we don't even have you trained on that we're coming live. Um, we also got we got to say hello to our Twitch folks. Good morning leg over day. on Twitch. Robot of Doom five saying good morning, fellas. Listening while I hit leg day. Oh man, you are you're a monster. I have a buddy out here in the Pacific Northwest moved out here recently. He is a bodybuilder. Um, so he's been trying to get me to go out to the, the gym with him. And I don't, I don't know if I want to be, I'm kind of looking for the, uh, the skinnier, you know, I don't You ever watch it? It's always sunny. I didn't, I, I okay. haven't. There's a really bad line, but <laughs> it's Dennis. He's like, you know, I'm looking for the gaunt, like Jesus on the cross. <laughs> they're terrible. Um, but, uh, but, uh, I'm looking for the, See, this, this you're terrible to everybody. You can get away with it. Oh, that for is the that. most part. Until you know, until you maybe th- these this day and age is tough. You twitch the wrong button, and doesn't yeah. matter if you're making fun of a hundred other people. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't be able to make that show today. Um, no doubt about it. But my God, it's hilarious. Um, no, yeah, I oh. uh, I don't build muscle very well. It's why I kind of wanted to be a boxer. Mm. I was uh, I was six one. I was one hundred and fifty pounds, and I could bench press in the neighborhood of two fifty two sixty five, and I was fast. And I'd lie. I'd lie. I'd lie. I'd lie to people like, oh, what do you bench? So you're working out. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm like 205. Like, bullshit. I'm like, no, I did 205 for a set of eight this morning. I'm just skinny. <laughs> so and I was like, get, you know, what? I'm going to go for the Tommy Hearns look. Who's the best like middleweight 160 pound boxer? That's what I need to go for. Because I'm never going to look like an NFL defensive back. I don't have the I got these skinny little wrists. I can't pull that off. <laughs> Well, be careful if you're a boxer doing that. Um, Arthur coming in from Germany. Hey, guys, best wishes. Another Twitch uh, supporter. Oh, Bronco61 giving him his name, Jim. Um, good to see you, Jim. Nice. Thanks, Jim. Funny show. That's hopefully our content is uh, funny on purpose, not funny as a uh, as a joke. Um, Jeremy Sean coming in. Yeah, Monday Broncos for breakfast. That'll be the norm going forward. We got Howler Surf Bro, too, saying, glad you all are here to start my week. Broncos need to be sellers. No need to prolong the false narrative that we're competitive. We're not not close. The sooner we embrace the rebuild, the better. Uh, what do you think about this comment from Howard? We're going to get into uh, grading the units today. Um, obviously, the mini bye week and kind of be a little bit reflective in that regard. But your thoughts on the Broncos becoming a seller now that we have only one game left until the trade deadline? Well, it's it's tough. <clears throat> I mean, it's easy to say from from 30,000 feet to say, yeah, this this is done. Yeah. But you got a an organization full of hundreds of people uh, that you can't just say we quit. Um, you know, it's not really fair. I, I can't look at 53 players on the roster and say, we, we're, we're done. We, we've quit. Appreciate you coming in uh, right out the season, you know, but, but we're, we're, we're done for next year. That's a, that's a tough message. I mean, yeah. it is, it, it's easy to say from here. I agree with you. Uh, if you can find the right pieces to sell and get, tr- and, and get capital for it. Mm. Good. 
Um, but it's got to be the right deal because, again, three and four, lost four in a row. If you make that move, you the building's done. I mean, not just the, the team, not just the season, but the, the morale around the building. You know, there might be a star assistant general manager you're trying to keep, you know, somebody all the way down the line, people you don't think of. Yeah. There's hundreds of people involved in this organization. And just to turn around and say, we quit. That's a tough sell. It is right now. Yeah. Yep. Uh, as Emmanuel Sanders said three years ago now, uh, the Broncos are in a world of suck and uh, they continue to be, unfortunately, maybe that Raiders loss isn't as bad because as they uh, totally smack the Eagles uh, last week, looking pretty darn good even giving up points in the red zone with an interception and maybe, Hey, the Broncos aren't in last place alone in the AFC West with the chiefs looking absolutely terrible out there. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens from here. We got uh blank nine one six over on Twitch as well. Looking like a, what is it? Rosa Riveter. Um, the, 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 we can do it chick there. So, uh, Shout out to that. That's always a good Halloween. Here's, here's Nick, the young guy talking about one of the greatest, you know, women figures of all time as a chick. Thanks. Nick. Yeah. Yeah. I, not a real chick. Or was she, that wasn't real though. She's not real. I don't no, think. but it was a, it was a symbolism yeah. Of, yeah. of, you know, empowering women, dude. Well, yes, I'm just the, the image is like the size of a mite on my screen. So I could be totally wrong. Oh, Rosie, uh, Rosie, Rosie. Rosie Ritter. Yes. Yes. You're correct. What an awesome chick. Yeah. Um, you know, if I'm not mistaken, and Jeremy helped me out with this, that was, you know, a symbol of, Rosie. you know, World War II, the women hitting the yep. factories and keeping this country yep. running while the men were over in, in Germany and Japan. 100%. Uh, you know, yep. like I said, one of the greatest symbols of women empowerment and thankfulness of all time. Yep. It's a cool and chick. It's one awesome chick. I uh, do not say <laughs> chick has any sort of... Uh, limitation or uh demeaningness it's, uh... no no I, I call my daughter chica all the time <laughs> exactly uh miguel coming in good morning fellas awesome to see keith coming saying it's a rebuild we got colby haynes in the house saying morning guys bronco for breakfast pleasant surprise on a monday morning well don't be surprised going forward we're going to be coming at you monday morning uh from here on out three days a week so it'll be great um to see you and i want to get to a couple of these real quick um from ej coming in here saying peyton has an easy job in this year's draft uh, either Malik Willis or Matt Corral. Let's go. Um, and then we also had one coming in mentioning uh, da -da. somebody mentioned Carson Strong. Here we go. Howler. I saw, I say we go best player available at edge, tackler, cornerback in round one. Try to get Carson Strong on the tail end of round one, trading up or round two. Um, so have, have you, did you watch much college football this weekend? Have you watched much college no, football? I was, <clears throat> I was all baseball all weekend. Uh, okay. I didn't even watch much of Chelsea because they were on at seven 30 in the morning when I was in the car. And when I came back from six hours at the baseball yeah. park in the hot sun, I fell asleep for two hours. Yep. No, uh, I've, I've watched um, a good amount of college football this weekend, even going back and watching a lot of games uh, yesterday um, or late into the night. Um, I, I don't have my when living in the central time zone before used to be able to stay up until 3am, you know, watching the pac 12 at dark. And now I'm on the West coast. The games end much earlier. Uh, so I'll stay up late and rewatch games from that the 9 a.m. kickoff slot out here. But um, Arthur, yeah, when coming I was in your also... age, I was the I watched SEC football on the, the I think there were four or five time slots. It was noon, three, six, seven, and nine. So there were five games, and I watched all five of them yeah. <laughs> all, all day long from noon to about one in the morning. Uh, I didn't have much of a social life. That was before kids. Obviously that's what changed people are like, Oh, you get married to change. It's like, it doesn't change things. Getting married doesn't change things. Having kids changes things. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. Uh, given my life has not changed that much since then, but, uh, we also got Arthur coming in saying, we'd rather have dabble and corral or Roman and Willis. Um, I did not watch too much, uh, Liberty this week, but I saw that Matt Corral had a couple good plays and a couple bad plays and also injured his ankle. I think it was either his ankle or his knee. I don't know how talking up this November sixth game for three weeks. If yeah, he better it, be healthy in two he weeks. might not be healthy. He got injured. Um, so we'll see if that happens. Um, and I thought I watched the Ole Miss. Um, God, who did they play? I watched the Ole Miss game and I won't lie to you. I was not very impressed with Matt Corral. Um, a lot of the throws are quick slants over the middle, but off of an RPO or a jet sweep motion. Look, um, not really much of a drop back option or going through multiple reads and shout out to Ole Miss. I guess Lane Kiffin, they're getting it done, but like on third and plus almost every single play uh, that game, they weren't getting it done through the air. They were handing it off, not putting it on Matt Corral's arm, but rather the running okay. back's legs, which yep, works. Okay. But I, I, I thought it's, 
I haven't watched a ton, but I thought his motion was a little funky. I haven't dissected the effectiveness yeah. of it, but you know, just real quick when you're glancing through, it's like, let's watch him for a second. I'm really going to watch him in that game, Malik Willis and, and Matt yeah. Corral, Liberty and Ole Miss on the sixth. Yeah. But I was just, I was like, his, his motion's a little odd. Um, yeah. But that's okay. I've said forever. I said, I still can't believe Philip Rivers is a quarterback. And I grew up watching Bernie Kosar, you know, yeah. so motion, you know, mechanics ain't everything when you're talking about quarterback play. Yeah, no, totally. Um, it does matter. Some, it can be detrimental to the point, but it's as long as they're still getting it done, it's not affecting yeah, their Again, can you get it out quickly? That That's the, that's the thing, you know, um, Philip Rivers still gets it out quickly, even though it looks really weird. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the Sims boys, wasn't Chris, Chris was pretty good. It was, uh, the younger one, I think it was Matt Sims or somebody. Hmm. I remember I was like, he's got a square release. It's, you know, he'll come back, drop back, drop it down, pull it back, pull it over, and then mm -hmm. let it go. Like yeah, his, too much. he didn't have a loop. He didn't like have a, a big circle. His is actually a square. Mm -hmm. it looked, uh, it looked, I always think of when I think of bad mechanics, I think of the line from Tin Cup. He's like, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I'm like, that's mm -hmm. kind of what his throwing mechanics look like. Yeah, well, well, we got the good morning from DeAndre Weatherspoon coming in and Clayton here on also smash the like button, guys. Um, yeah, no, I I was not super impressed with Corral. Um, I also watched uh, Malik Willis. Um, I wa went back and watched the Pitt versus Clemson game and Kenny Pickett. Uh, he did make some actually big time throws that I was impressed I, with. I got a feeling he might end up being one of the guys. I just I just yeah. kind of like the the feel and the moxie about that kid. Do you have any reservations given there's multiple factors here that give me a little pause right now. It's pure gut feeling. I'm not okay. getting into too much Specifics. of this stuff because I'm going to sound, I, I don't know them well enough to get past just high feelings of this is why they're going to be good. This is what I have mm -hmm. concerns about. I just, I just have a kind of a gut feeling about this guy. Okay. Well this, this is more overarching. Um, some factors with him that make, give me pause. A, he's much older compared to other quarterback prospects. I think he's going to be 25 coming in, which Joe Burrow was too. But, um, you know, that's not something you're looking for. Typically a quarterback, they quarterbacks historically, um, and there's a lot of good data on this. I think it was Joe Goodberry who works for the athletic did a analysis on this quarterbacks typically hit three peaks and there are bumps um, and they are age related 19 to 20 years old. There's a, a step forward 24 to 25. And then uh, 27 and 28 and Pickett, maybe he's already hitting his second bump and he's not going to get another one then in the NFL that you're The question about it then becomes, is it good enough now? You know, yeah. uh, the first five star I ever put on a freshman was Dylan mm -hmm. Moses when he was a running back linebacker coming out of Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And I said, the reason why is it's like, well, he might be peaked out now. He might be tapped mm -hmm. out. I'm like, that's okay. If he was a senior, I'd put five stars on him. Yeah. So his, it's like he, he's he's 220 pounds running a four or five and blowing people up as a freshman. I don't care that he's a freshman. He's his yeah. numbers are already good enough. So if if that's a question, you're not looking at upside. Is he going to get a little stronger? Is he going to get a little? Is, is is he good enough now? And if yeah. he is, then then he's okay. The question about quarterbacks, though, one, he's more mature. You know, I, you know, I grew up with uh, who was a 30 year old Heisman Trophy winner at Florida State, Chris, somebody can't remember oh, his name he came yeah. out of uh came back from baseball i think he was 27 when he won the heisman i know who you're talking about somebody in the chat could probably fill yeah it he in. ended up down at img and now i can't remember his name um but uh you know with quarterbacks it's not necessarily too scary because they can play for 15 more years if he comes in the yeah. league at 25 you know calvin ridley comes in the league at 25 he's going to be 29 in the first year of his non-rookie contract yeah he was a because because he was a double double holdback type. You know, he he turned mm -hmm. twenty the in December of his senior year in high school. Yeah, you know. So, and I, I fight this right now because I've got a I'm this hits a particular sore spot with me because I've got an August birthday kid who is on time. You know, so mm -hmm. he'll graduate at seventeen years old and he's playing against twenty year olds in high school. Really? Come on. Well, um, what coffee are you drinking? Are you drinking a dark roast? Uh, Clayton wants yeah. to know. Yeah, medium dark, dark from Cafe Brit. Just ordered another two pounds. There you go. Because uh, I was because I was running low. But I signed up to their mailer. And I'm going to send this to Cafe Brit and said, you, you need to send me some money. Send me some free coffee. There Sign you up go. for their mailer because they're offering offers all the time. I went so to the roast for I wait for the 25% off and then I hit two pounds. I'm drinking some brew from uh, Dubuque, Iowa. So um, that's a uh, <laughs> living out in Seattle, drinking Iowa coffee. What am I doing? But um, Jeremy, Jeremy's Jeremy's good. He, he must be just a few years younger than me because his brain still works. I've, I'm forgetting all of those guys. But yeah, it was Chris Winkie. 
Winky. And I that's think he was a first round draft pick. And I can't, I can't remember what it was, but I think someone took him in the first round. But remember Brandon Whedon? He came out. I was going to say Brandon Whedon. State. Yep. Yep. It was a guy like that, too. Yep. He was like 27 when he came out. Not great. Um, another one was Drew. Oh, man, it was the quarterback who they tried to play before Tony Romo, um, who uh, was maybe the starter over Tom Brady for a little bit, too. Then went and played baseball. I can't remember his name. Drew something. Um, oh, he was Cowboys. good, though. Yeah, he, he was solid. That's yeah, another guy who was, was older good. that came back. Yeah, he um, wasn't but, Tom. He wasn't Tom. Tom Brady, but he was good. And yeah, I'm forgetting his name. It's it's a bitch getting old. Monday morning, right? God, yeah. I'm gonna blame Monday, not age. You're not that old, Scott. Um, Kiaka <laughs> coming in here saying good morning. No, guys. I'm not thinking of Drew Stanton. There was the guy. Drew Stanton was a guy. He was a a, a Mich- He went to Michigan, and um was a was a was a baseball player. I think he was in a Yankees organization. But who was the really good quarterback for the Patriots? before tom brady somebody help me out drew bledsoe thank drew bledsoe. you thank yep. you thank you thank you um we don't have uh don't have googler hey google who played quarterback before you know drew bledsoe and now google just answered sorry about that <laughs> <laughs> i can't remember the name uh drew henson yep it was drew henson uh, major league was he the one in the yankees baseball. organization yep and he played uh, i think he started over uh tom brady there for a little bit with uh Yep, Henson. Here we go. Um, over Tom Brady for the uh, and Todd and, and Todd Helton. Todd Helton was at uh Tennessee, was Tennessee, the backup of Peyton Manning. Well, um, he was he was older than Peyton Manning because the story that when he decided to go full time baseball, the story was, "Hey, Todd, when did you decide to go full time baseball?" When I saw yep. Peyton Manning throw a football. Yep. Uh, that was that was kind of the joke there with him at, at UT. Yeah, and we got uh, my guy, Marquis Serrano, a friend from my hometown coming in here. I guessed it on his show the other day, and uh, he asked me if I had any bets. I'm not typically a better on these things, but he said, if you had any bet, you'd bet your life on um, for this Broncos-Browns game. Who would it be? I'm like, Duranis Johnson, 52 over under rushing yards? Pound the over. I've, there, I've never been more guaranteed in my life. Um, and uh, luckily, that one came out to be true. Um, but Diamond Rattler coming in, saying I wouldn't take a quarterback in the opening rounds of the draft until the owner is solidified. Peyton and whatever staff he chooses could be gone. Whatever that person comes into, uh, this is a this is a good point with Diamond Rattler. Um, do you think that the ownership transition uh, impacts the Broncos going quarterback? I, I'd hope it, if they loved a guy, it wouldn't. But maybe it causes them to kick punt a year because the you'd lose some stability and also it'd buy you some time with the new ownership. You don't you don't no, buy it at I all. I don't think so. Owners owners don't affect personnel, especially in, when it comes to the draft. Um, you're not going to say, you know, we don't want to get the quarterback of the future. What will affect? Yeah their ability to get a quarterback is one draft position and two, the quarterbacks themselves. Yep. If there is a quarterback they like in their draft position, they should absolutely take one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not, you, you almost have, you're almost in denial when you're working in a situation like that. Yeah. You got to put on blinders, forget what's going on above you and say, I got a job to do. And my job is building this team to the best of my ability. And that doesn't change. That's not going to change with professionals. They're not going to say, no, I don't want to bring in a quarterback here that could help the team and build for the future because I might not be here. Um, that, that That's not going to happen. Uh, you go out and do the job to the best of your ability. And if that involves bringing in, and, and that means a quarterback that's available is the best player for your team right then, you're going to take him. The ownership yeah. doesn't affect the day-to-day operations nearly as much as we would like to think to as fans. Yep. especially in the draft and free agency it might because i got to go to the ownership and say i need a 50 million dollar signing bonus yeah then it matters i yep. need a 25 million dollar contract for this coach i'm going after then it matters but not with the draft yeah i agree with you 100 percent there we got clayton coming in saying i'm a big wisconsin fan player team obviously talking about my my iowa hawkeyes uh, good luck what do you think the score will be i think uh it'll be uh 20 to 16 be the final score. I think Wisconsin's going to win. Actually. I think Iowa, um, Wisconsin looks like they're starting to figure it out. And they also have a freshman running back who is like classic Wisconsin, um, Braylon Allen. He is a true freshman and he is six to 240 pounds at the running back position. He's just an absolute unit. Um, and also Wisconsin has a pretty good defense. I am, he might not come out this year, um, but uh, everybody will talk. I saw there was some linebacker talk in the chat here. Wisconsin has a guy who was just flying around, uh, Leo Chanel. Uh, I think two weeks ago he had 17 tackles. This last week he had nine tackles and like four of them for a loss. Uh, he wears number five for Wisconsin. He's very obvious to watch him out there because he's just he's an absolute difference maker. So um, really fun. That should be a good game. Uh, Wisconsin-Iowa always kind of battling for the top of the Big Ten West. Um, speaking about being in the top, Peter Middleton coming in here, always supporting us with stars and uh, keeping us on our toes. Said uh, had the best weekend result. Even went 
well for the Broncos. Shame the Broncos aren't winning as this league is as the league is there to be taken. I was so right about the Chiefs. Yeah, let's uh let's get into this real quick. AFC West, and then we got to talk about the uh, grading the position Appreciate groups. Appreciate the stars, Peter. Yeah, Peter, you're a real one. Thank you so much. I'll see Mark Lindemode is in the house as well. Says he's late, but uh, that's okay. Um, Broncos, uh, the AFC West looks there for the taking, uh, and that is because the Chiefs look softer than warm butter. Um, did you get a chance to catch much of the Titans versus Chiefs game? Because, oof, what an ugly game for Patrick Mahomes. What an ugly game for the Chiefs defense. I watched 10 baseball games this weekend. That's, okay. that's what I watched. I watched youth baseball. That's that's where I am, and I kept up with scores and box scores and extended highlights. But that's that's where my weekend was. It was at Lake Point Complex in Cartersville, Georgia, all weekend. Well, let's say the NFL as a whole was getting into the trick or treat spirit with a lot of trick plays, and the Titans were one of them too. Uh, can Derrick Henry win an MVP as the running back with only yes. rushing touchdowns? Yes, he can. But yes, he can. He's diversifying his portfolio because. Uh, he threw a passing touchdown in this game on a trick play. Um, it was beautiful. It was to Nicole Priet, who I believe is a tight end from, he's either from like Northern Illinois or Southern Illinois, I believe. Um, but uh, the Titans took it to the Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes looks like peak Brett Favre on when those Packer teams were not as good and he was just throwing it around. Um, he's getting hit like crazy. The offensive line had a bad game against a, what looks like a decent Titans defense, not great in the secondary, pretty injured in the secondary, but, but a team that was getting after it, Jeffrey Simmons really blowing up that interior offensive line and uh, the chiefs. It's unfortunate. The Broncos are not great this year because the chiefs look as vulnerable as they have in six, seven years. Will it make you feel better if you go five and 12 and sweep the chiefs? I just want, give me one win versus the chiefs. If we sweep the chiefs, that'd be great. But like, I would, I would love, we haven't beaten the chiefs since week two, 2015. And that was a game that was, let's be honest, Broncos, you might not know this, but Broncos country, look in the mirror, let's be real. That game was gifted to the Broncos. Broncos score a touchdown. Uh, Peyton Manning marches them down the field uh, to either tie it or fall right behind. And then Jamal Charles fumbles one with like 30 seconds left and the Broncos scoop it up and score. And that was Isn't one. I mean, terrible when, you know, the team that you have is going in for the game winning touchdown to send you to the Super Bowl and you're running back fumbles. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> oh, the, wait, that was... That would, that happened for you for a Super Bowl. Yes. So. Yes. That's no. 2015, I'm, uh, I'm man. We used a lot of luck. <laughs> um. You know what? Let's let's circle back here, Nick, and okay. let's go back to the the title of the show was actually grading some of the the mm-hmm. the the positional units. Yeah. While we're here, and I wanted to let's just let's just kick it off with quarterback here because uh, yep. prospecting with disabilities on YouTube had a question here a, a few minutes ago. They got the stars. Says, do you guys think the OC or QB coaches are the problem, not Drew or Teddy? Um. You start, and then I probably won't have to say anything because you're going to say what I'm thinking. Um, well, it's unfortunate, and I'd rather – everybody looks for simplification when things like this occur. Um, and, like, if you just fire – oh, the problem is this one guy, and once we move on from this one guy, everything will be fixed. Typically, there's multiple things going on that are leading to the bad results that you don't want. So do you think it's coaching or Teddy or Drew? It's probably both. Um, Teddy or Teddy and Drew have limitations. Um, the coaching scheme doesn't seem to be meshing. Each quarterback also has a different style, which makes it hard to run the offense for them. Um, I guess I will say I have a hard time totally blaming the quarterback coaches specifically because that's stuff that I'm not I, – I don't have film of them in the film room. Like, if I had film of them in the film room or something, <laughs> maybe I could make some sort of judgment. Um, but uh, as far as what Shula is doing and whatnot, I can't, I can't really speak to that other than the end result of the quarterback play which is still, you know, um, you don't have all the pieces of the puzzle. So what do I think is the main problem? It's probably the quarterbacks themselves being limited as much as I hate to say that because amazing franchise quarterbacks tend to get it done no matter what. Uh, And we've seen that with quarterbacks over the years. Um, Great quarterbacks raise mediocre coaches all the time. And neither of these quarterbacks have been doing that. So as the main problem, I'd probably lean them, but uh, it's both. They're not, these guys aren't helping those quarterbacks as much as you'd want either. Yeah, and I, I don't think this is an either-or proposition. Um, yeah. And I'm not going to say anything about the quarterback coach. Uh, typically, the quarterback coach is the offensive coordinator a lot of times. So yeah. I, I think more along schemes. And you know, are these are these top tier NFL quarterbacks? No, no. they're not. Teddy's nope. been around long enough that we know what we we're going to get, which yeah. was average quarterback play. Uh, we talked about at the top of the season if you finish. Average, if you go from 32 to 16 to 18, which is about where I expected him in QBR, that's a big step up in quarterback play. Now you need everything else to come together, which is a top five defense, 
better offense, you know, good offensive line play and running and a running game, and you're a playoff team. Well, you've got average quarterback play across seven games, you know, by by the numbers, and you don't have a top five defense. You haven't stayed healthy, and your running game is for naught. So, you know, the the other parts haven't come together. So, your quarterback of the future is not on this roster, be, no. best I can tell. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of people that want to <clears throat> cling to to Drew Locke, but Drew Locke, in his limited time, about 18 games, across three seasons in the organization, hasn't shown that he is the franchise guy. That's why we're talking about quarterbacks in this next class. And at the very beginning, if we said when Teddy, if Ted, Teddy Bridgewater wins this job, you've got a new starting quarterback in 2023. Next year is going to be a stopover, a stopover or a build a rookie season. And 2023 will be, okay, hopefully this is your guy, which sucks. Yeah. It sucks to think, I mean, I got to wait two more years for this. Yep. Uh, but you were hoping that Bridgewater would be good enough that everything else would elevate this team. And right now, everything else is falling down. Yep. So it's not an either or proposition for me. It's it's both. And to get better, you're going to need a clean sweep. You're going to need head coach, offensive quarter, franchise quarterback. Yeah. And we got DeAndre contributing to the chat here. Always good to see you, DeAndre. He said the coaches aren't making adjustments or adapting their scheme for neither quarterback. Could argue that for the, um, the defense as well, although it's a little bit tough with the uh, – not to make too many excuses, but the short week with the linebacker situation the Broncos had against probably the best rushing team in football. Uh, makes it pretty tough, but you know, that's, that's football. So you got to figure it out. Uh, Andrew coming back in here saying Denver may be the only team in the NFL that doesn't use motion to tip the defense hand pre-snap. Yeah. Very limited amount of motion. Uh, early on, Shermer was using a lot of play action. That was when the Broncos were playing better, I guess, better defense, worse teams, but better defense and uh, had the a chance to play with a lead or make it even, et cetera, et cetera. That probably impacted some of that. But uh, yeah, no, it's been uh, unfortunate. Let's get right into it now because we do want to grade these positional groups. Quarterback, um, leaning right into it. I'm going to give the quarterback a solid C. Um, I think that it could be better. It could be worse. Teddy early on the first three games. I mean, A, the last three games, probably a D, D minus, uh, even below his uh, what you'd expect from him. Although I thought the Browns game was not terrible, especially in that second half. That interception was bad, but beside the point. Um, so I'm going to give the Broncos quarterback room a solid C. Um, it, they are about what I expected. They are probably about league average with Teddy so far. That's not enough to win, uh, games given how bad the defense has been as well. Uh, but, um, I'm going to give them a C. Yeah, that's where I was. I was, I was a C to C minus on this right now. And, you know, a lot of it is, it started off really well and it's mm -hmm. gone down. So if you, if you grade the whole season, I say, okay, probably AAA or, you know, AB plus B minus, but your, your first three games are in there. And then the next four, it's, it seems to have steadily declined. Yep. Um, but if I look down at the the quarterback ranking for the course of the season, you're going to be right there, middle of the pack. Um, you know, so I would go, I would go C right there. Um, moving to the offensive line. My question is, is will that quarterback grade be better if I wasn't giving the offensive line a D? Uh, Would we, can I, you we grade know, the interior and the tackles separately? That's fine. That um, I would go. Um, I would go C minus on on the uh, on the tackles out wide right now. I don't think no. they've done a great job in pass protection, and you know that's that's their main job. Their main no. job is to is to protect the, the edges, and I see way too many front fours putting pressure on on the Denver Broncos backfield. Not just not just Teddy Bridgewater and the quarterback, but when they're running the ball, there's too much penetration. And if you can get if you can control the line of scrimmage with a front four, it's tough to do anything on offense. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I thought the Broncos luckily didn't get called for many holdings against Miles Garrett, but uh, the offensive line performed as good as I could have hoped versus the Browns. Um, they have another tough task this next week against Washington football team with Montez Sweat and obviously Chase Young, who's been a little bit down this year. But I mean, watching him, he's still just. A, a freak one-on-one uh, -on -one reps uh, getting after it. So <clears throat> I'd probably give the offensive tackles a, a C minus right now. It's not great. Um, but I also know um, I watched the, uh, I don't know. You probably, you said it was all a weekend full of uh, baseball for you. I watched the bears uh, Tampa Bay game yesterday. I've never seen it. I have, it's been since Michael Schofield in 2015 that I've seen a tackle as bad as what the bears put on the field this last week. He was beat <laughs> like, it, literally, he was beat every single play. It was it was absolutely insane. They sat him and played their fifth string offensive. That's tackle. how I felt about um, the Raiders guard, the rookie guard. 
Oh, um, yeah. Oh, like the I, only name I could, for some reason, the name Anthony Littlejohn comes to mind. I'm oh, like, Alex Leatherwood. Him. Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood. <laughs> um, yeah. It sounds like that. Um, yeah. You know, uh, Leatherwood, that's why I felt that going into the game against the Broncos, he was that bad. I mean, he was, yep. it was as bad a display as I've ever seen. And then he was okay. Yep. You know, it, it happens. Yeah. Well, this guy was the one that was not highly drafted or highly tools. He was just getting beat like a drum. Um, Bobby Massey is who he thought he was. Um, so it's, uh, he's a below average tackle, but he's not, he's better than Elijah Wilkinson and at least gives you some stability out there. And Garrett Bowles, while he's regressed a lot, I think he's probably closer to league average than he is elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Not what you want, not what you want from him, not what you're paying, but, um, I'd probably give the tackles a C minus, um, the interior offensive line. I'm going to give them a solid D. Um, and part of that is it's hard to grade them because I know that, uh, Dalton Reisner is still dealing with an injury. Uh, Graham Glasgow has had multiple things happen to him this season, um, but uh, they're not getting the push up front. Um, Cushionberry is still, you know, a finesse player when you're trying to run a power scheme. Dalton Reisner, a finesse player. And also I think Dalton Reisner looks like he's lost a little bit of his mobility. Is that injury? Is that uh, he looks a little bit bigger than he was when the Broncos brought him in as well? Yeah, I, I told you when I was watching him pull, it was, he just, he wasn't getting there. You know, he used to be pretty good at that. When he's and and he's and, and not only was he not getting there, he was high. Yeah. So you know he's he's upright and and yep. moving so that when he does make contact with with uh, the second level, there's no leverage there. So yep. he's Can't he's high up. and slow, and that's yep. a that's a bad way to be and on on the offensive line. Yeah. Um, real so quick I get, before I get into the interior line too, I want to say uh, good morning to Nathan. My coffee is gone, and it was damn good. So appreciate it. My day be sweet. We're, we're getting off to a good start. We, I, yeah. uh, I like this new Monday, this Monday morning time slot. So appreciate the stars, Nathan. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nathan. You're great. Um, uh, good to see inter- you here. Interior line. I mean, you're, you're talking D D minus for yeah. sure. Uh, and there, there are extenuating circumstances. Um, you know, you're talking injuries, uh, heart palpitations, guys moving in and out. There's been five players in and out on that, on that defensive, on that interior line, but they, they should be better. You know, yep. they that doesn't cover up the fact that they haven't gotten the job done. So for grading, you know, it's like, sorry, you know, well, if I turn in a, a bad paper, I'm going to get a bad grade. It doesn't matter that any reason why I got to that point and, and they're not playing very well. And that's a, you know, for all the talk about head coaching and offensive coordinators and quarterback play, if you're getting beat right up front, it's hard to do things. And right now they're getting beat. And yeah. the one the one caveat I will say on that is they don't play to their strengths either. You know, mm-hmm. what do guards and, and centers really want to do, especially if you've got a struggling corner? They want to go forward. Yeah. You know, they want to attack. And, you know, going back to the Ravens game, when you bring Drew Locke in the game and you're averaging about seven yards a carry and you run the ball four times, that's not on the interior line. No. You know, that's on Pat Shermer. Yeah, I agree with you. A hundred percent there. Um, Broncos are getting beat right now. Most games on both sides of the ball in the trenches. And uh, that's not a recipe for success. Even in today's, you know, spread offenses, throw, tossing it around. If you're getting beat at the point of attack on both sides of the ball, that wears you down. And uh, that's been the case for the Broncos the last three, four games. Uh, so it's unfortunate. Um, but uh, so, yeah, we're both lower on the offensive well, line. And I will then, say- and if we're talking value based, you know, what are you getting for your dollar? Hmm. You got enough. Yeah, you got enough on the interior line. Graham Glasgow is one of the top five highest paid guards in the league. Mm-hmm. He's playing like one of the bottom five. So yep. that that it's it shocked me when I saw where he was on the list for you know I go to Spot Rack and sort by by salary and and cap hits and the number two guy was a guard. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, he must be really awesome then. Mm-mm. So when when your second highest cap hit is a guard and he's playing bottom five. That's that's a that's a sign of trouble. Yeah. Yep. No. And uh, I always get a chuckle when people say the Broncos didn't do anything to support Drew Locke when they went out there and were maybe even borderline reckless with some of their cash paying Melvin Gordon when you aren't a team that's contending um, and paying a guard that kind of money when it's I mean, you do solidify the position doing so. But um, and as, it's, and as uh, Peter says, it's easy to decide on Glasgow for next year. Yeah, you're going to have some Glasgow money to play around with next year. Um, yeah. Maybe he turns it around. Maybe he turns it around. Whether it's an outright wave or you know a, a restructuring, you're gonna have some you're gonna have some Glasgow money next year. Yeah, uh, let's keep moving on these grades here. Uh, we obviously have offensive line, quarterbacks so far, running backs. I'm gonna give the running backs a solid B. 
Um, I, it's the sample size isn't very massive. I think both have played pretty well, and you'd like to see a little bit more explosive runs, uh, maybe even better sequencing with how they're using the backs. Um, the reason I limit them a little bit, in fact, I'll, even, I'll bump it up to a B plus. Um, That's where I am. Yeah, B plus. <laughs> um, Javonta Williams maybe leaves some yards on the field with his vision. Uh, sometimes there are holes there. He's pressing it and um, not finding the cutback lane, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's hard to see on the broadcast film, but on the all 22, when you break it down, it's like, oh, there was the, the cutback lane right there. And he just ran right into one where there is teeth of the defense or an offensive lineman. So could be better. Um, he's breaking tackles like an amazing rate. Just got to be a little bit more patient. Um, and that'll come, I think. Uh, and but they're I'm doing well in the backfield as receivers too. And, and, both touchdowns. For, a, and for a rookie, uh, Williams is doing a good job in blitz pickup as well. Mm -hmm. So that's how, that's how you stay on the field. Uh, that's yeah. how you get on the field. That's how you stay on the field. You, you make sure your quarterback's not getting hit as a, as a running back. So I, I'm yeah. a B plus on those guys. Um, if I'm going down the list of, you know, I can, I've got an expansion draft and where do I get to pick to help my team? I'm probably going to running back last. That's probably yeah. the last place I pick right now on this team. Yeah. It's unfortunate because that's probably the highest graded uh, unit on the offense, but also if we're looking at like for a, a class coming into a season on a syllabus, running back makes up 5% of your final grade where quarterback is like 50 and offensive line is 30. So, um, <laughs> what, what can you do? Uh, but no, we're both your B plus as well at running back. Yep. Okay. B plus. Yeah. I mean, some of it is what are they being asked to do? Could they make more dominant runs? Yes. Yes. But uh, the sample size is small. The situation has been good the last four yeah, weeks and, for them. And, and the offensive a, line has been struggling. You're, you're grading, you know, part of that's as a unit. We just gave yeah. quarterbacks C, C minus and offensive line C minus and interior line D minus. Yeah. And how good are the running backs going to be? Jesus. Yep. I mean, just look at the the Browns game. Dernis Johnson looking like a all pro level back because the Browns offensive line is getting him three four yards every time off the hoof. So. Well, they're start yeah. I mean they're 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 starting the line of scrimmage three yards deep. Yep, yep, exactly. Uh, it's uh, is what it is. We got some tougher graders coming in here. EJ saying RB is a C. Peter Middleton saying RB's got to be a B. Diamond Rattler saying a C as well. So um, I think they've oh, been and, uh, okay. and Shane coming in with the stars. Good morning, Shane. Uh, yeah, good morning. And good morning, Nick and Scott. Good morning, Shane. Do you think we need to see more of Mike Boone? Uh, I'm, I'm going to take this one first, Nick. Um, okay. No, we don't see enough of Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. I don't want to take their 12 carries a game and give three to somebody else. I want to yeah. see 25 to 30 carries from – I want to see 40 touches out of out of the running backs right now. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's nowhere near that. So um, until I feel that Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon need a break – I want to see more of them, not more of somebody else. That's my opinion on that. Here's my opinion. Uh, get what you can from Melvin Gordon in a trade, and there's your snaps for Mike Boone. Because um, I'm, I'm definitely in the seller mode and looking for asset accumulation if I was in charge. Um, and I think Boone is a actually a pretty solid back. I want to see what he can do. Gordon, he's going to be approaching, what, 30 years old here? Probably coming up. And uh, last year of his contract. And if this Broncos team loses the Washington football team, if you can get even like a six-round pick, for Melvin Gordon, and I see Tommy. Hey, Tommy, you here. just got your answer. Uh, if somebody's <laughs> oh, Peter, thanks give up for the four, stars. Yeah, uh, I don't think anybody's going to give up a four for an aging running back with one year left on their deal, even if they're looking good. Um, but if you can get like a six um, for him, that would be that probably be fine. That would create some reps for Mike Boone and maybe somebody else. But um, probably won't see that until after Washington Football Team, if at all. Um, it's but that's You're what I'm have looking to do. Your defense tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's grade the defense tomorrow. Um, we'll get into that. Uh, we still have tight end and running back here to go. Um, tight end. I'm going to give the tight end a D plus. Um, it's not been great. Uh, it's hard. I'm, they're getting a little bit of a curve here because Wait, Albert did injured. you say, what did you say? D as okay. in dog. Yeah, I wasn't sure if that was B as I was like, I know you didn't say B as in big Boy. time. No, 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 no. D is in disappointing. Um, the <laughs> Fant has been, uh, it's really frustrating to watch. I've been watching all these college games and these running backs and these wide receivers, they get a cornerback or a safety around their waist and that player will fall forward for one yard, two yard and pick up the first down. How many, I mean, in the last half of the Browns game, Noah Fant started doing that, but it's just been, he's been an almost player all season. Um, getting close to breaking a big one, getting close to making the block, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's just, he's got to play better. I do wonder if he's having some, um, and I was watching the Eagles Raiders game yesterday. They were talking about Lane Johnson with his uh, mental health hiatus that he needed. I do wonder if uh, Noah Fan is dealing with stuff still from his mother passing away this off season. Um, it sounded like that was a tough for him this past off season during training well, camp. And, but and even struggling. 
even coming off an injury of sorts, um, even the rehabilitation process Mm -hmm. in the off season takes a hit. So it it couldn't even be, I'm I'm over it now, but I didn't put in all the work that I normally could have or would have in the off season to prepare for the season because I was wrecked and that's understandable. Um, Again, there are extenuating circumstances for all of these, but if we're grading the unit based on the production, what we've seen, and to a certain extent compared to our expectations, the tight end position's a D. It's a D. Yeah, yeah and I agree. I agree with you 100%. Um, somebody was asking, Tommy's saying, what's Vance trade value? I think right now you could probably get a four for him. Maybe a three, you maybe. Think a three? Fant, you still have a year of control left. He is a phenomenal athlete, and he's still carrying that first-round value. Uh, and also you don't have a budding option that's obvious right behind him that's pushing him off the depth chart. So uh, this is a classic case of uh, you probably want to hold on to that asset because if you're selling right now, you're selling at an all-time low. And if I think I'm a, if I'm a general manager, I'd probably go after the Falcons Hayden Hurst before I'd go after Noah Fant. I think you'd get similar production and, and you could probably get him for cheaper. Yep. Uh, but yeah, you're talking about selling low on Fant. I don't think it's a, it's just not a good investment to buy or to sell. I think right now. Um, so uh, we'll see um, which one, which one Mark's, are we getting for? Mark's killing me on here. This is Scott Cheerios for breakfast or dinner tonight. I'm a yogurt in the morning. I I, I try to get my protein in the morning. So, uh, and we'll see, we'll see what, uh, what dinner looks like tonight. It kind of depends on, on what everybody else is doing. My wife, bless her heart. She actually makes me separate meals because I'm a vegetarian. Mm, uh, so if, if she does, if she one. doesn't, I'm not going to put any forth, any effort to eat. So I'll have Cheerios, but actually, I got golden grams in the cupboard. That's like a that's like a treat for me. So it might be golden grams. That's my favorite. Man, shout out to Scott's wife for making him a separate meal. That's a it's enough work to cook one meal, but to cook. I've said you know as a as a relationship, I'm not going to ask anybody to do anything that I'm not going to do for them, and I'm not making everybody dinner. So I've never mm-hmm. in 20 years asked her, "Hey, where's my dinner, woman?" You know, never ever. Yeah. It's always thank you, or I say I say, "Hey, do you have dinner plans?" If not, that's okay. I'm going to go eat Cheerios. But before I eat Cheerios, I want to know, so I'm not screwing up your plans. Man, what a chick. There we go. A little callback for Rosie <laughs> Riveter earlier. <laughs> Marry over your head, guys. It makes you a better man. So it makes you makes you want to make sure that she doesn't realize she could do better and boot your ass out of the house. Yeah, uh, outkick your coverage, so to speak. I'm, um, I'm living that life, too. Um, and I would not live anything else. Uh, wide receivers, before we get on out of here, this is the one that I had the toughest time with. Um, I think that there is a... Just stylistically, there's so many issues right now with these wide receivers. I think, honestly, I think Drew Locke's style matches better with what Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton do on the field. I also think neither of these wide receivers, they separate in the air versus separating on the grass. And I think Shermer and Teddy would be better with receivers who separate on the grass, KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy, versus the big vertical guys who win in the air. Um, uh, you like my hand motions? That's for everybody, for the visual folks that uh, watching on YouTube and whatnot. Um, but uh, I'd probably give them a... I'm really grading them on the curve because of injury. I'm probably going to give them a B right now. I think that they are helping this team a bit. I know that uh, you probably want a little bit more dynan- uh, dynam- dynamism. Is that the word? Dynamism. Dynamism from Dynamicism. them. Um, because you don't have Ooh, right now. Explosiveness. Pack- yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, after the catch or um, enough that uh, you're making defenses afraid to stack the box and play. You have to play too high. Our split field coverage of the safeties. You're not getting that right now. Um, but I do think that, you know, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, Cortland Sutton at 80%, starting to make plays, look a little bit healthier out there. I'm going to give them a B. Um, they're somewhat limited to what's going on, but uh, they're a little bit, uh, it's hard to be too tough on them, right? And with Jerry Judy coming back in this Washington football team, I'm expecting them to be that much better. Um, but uh, I'm going to give them a B. I'm going to cheat. I'm mm. going to cheat on this assignment, and I'm going to give them an incomplete. Ah, man, I was thinking about it, but... Uh, I'm going to give them an incomplete because I don't feel like, you know, overall, if I'm grading, okay, this is what you turned in. You had a group project and only three of you, uh, you know, I can't fail you or, you know, dismiss you or give you an incomplete. Oh, there you go, Jeremy. Yeah, me and him are right here. Me me and Jeremy Nashen. We, uh, I I go incomplete on that one um, because you you just, the guys that you expected to be out there, they haven't been. Um, and And it wasn't just like Patrick and Judy, you know, two different yeah. type of guys. It's like you had this nice mix of dynamicism, dynamicism, explosiveness, size, speed. 
And then now all you've got is, is size. Um, mm. So you're, you're losing your, your speed guys, which changes the whole feel of your offense. And we haven't been able to see what these receivers can do as a unit. Mm -hmm. uh, Tim Patrick, probably a B, B plus. Uh, Sutton, probably a B, B plus. And that's it. You know, I haven't seen much out of the other guys, uh, you know, wide receiver threes, four to step up in the absence of Hamler and um, and Judy. Judy. But, you know, I don't know so much Hamler because he doesn't have much of a track record, but Judy changes this team. He yeah. changes the feel of this offense. He changes how they scheme against you. And he's been missing. And that's been a that's been a big miss that looking back at everything of all the injuries. That'd be actually a decent uh, a, a decent topic. You know, which injury is hurt the most? Judy, yeah. Chubb, Josie Jewell. Um, you know, there's 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 some pretty good uh pretty pretty good votes for all of them, but you know, I I might go that the injury that's hurt the most right now is Jerry Judy. Yeah, um it'd be tough to argue uh against it being Jerry Judy given what the offense looks like. And again, I'm I keep coming back and you guys can call it excuses if you want. I I'm not making excuses. I think everybody's got to play better. I'm not saying, Oh, well, if what blah, 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 but we're looking for the reasons why this team is struggling. And I really do think there is a identity crisis and fit issue with the offense. Shermer is trying to run uh, Teddy Bridgewater and the Bron the receivers, the Broncos have um, all of those together and not having a strong enough offensive line where you can dictate with the ground game. Some, all that together is leading to issues on the uh, the Broncos. And if they had somebody who could separate on the grass, like a Jerry Judy, that would help the third and longs. That would help the first downs as well. That would help the box numbers. Um, that would help the type of scheme. Teddy Bridgewater holding the ball, the ball way too long right now. Guys aren't really separated. Yeah, you got a guy um, that comes underneath, underneath a zone and, and gets the ball and turns eight yards into, into 40. Yeah. I mean, it's it. Jerry Judy changes this entire offense. And, uh, you know, as Jeremy said, and I, I don't have a problem with this one either, the way they've been gashed in the running game since since Jewel's been out. Yeah. Um, you know, Jewel, he, he wasn't, as a guy who was kind of an afterthought coming in, you Speak feel his absence. <laughs> you feel his absence, for sure. Yeah, yeah we'll get into the linebackers uh, tomorrow, um, talking about that. Uh, I will say, I need to go, I would love to go back and watch, but the Broncos games have been painful enough that, uh, I don't I don't want to just yet, um, but I'd be curious to see if Fangio really changed um, what he's asking of his linebackers and defensive linemen in the advent of Josie Jules injury, because it seems like to me um, there's a lot more two gapping going on, specifically from Draymond Jones and Shelby Harris. And I think a lot of that uh, coincides with Jewel getting hurt and uh, the Broncos doing everything they can to keep bodies off Stranod and because Stranod just cannot hang at the point of attack. And that's well, limited to defensive like. I feel like the linebackers have played back more, especially after that um, mm -hmm. Raiders game. I guess maybe yeah. there was only one game since then. Yeah. But it felt like they, there, there was an overcorrection there where yeah. you got beat deep on everything. Well, then you're playing a nickel and everything's – all your linebackers are seven yards off the ball. Looking like safeties almost. Or yeah, and when your front four has two outside linebackers and two defensive tackles and they're getting pushed four yards back, man, third and one's pretty easy to convert. Second and fours yeah. are free plays. Yep. You know, instead of, you know, the Denver Broncos offense, which is second, nine, third and eight, mm -hmm. you wonder why you can't, you know, what, what's the, what's the league average on third and eight or more? It's probably 25, 30%. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Broncos are. Well, so the yep. Broncos are completing their third downs on average. The problem yep. is, is their third downs are longer than everybody else's because they're not getting it done on first and second down. Yep. Uh, man, a lot of issues right now, but uh, three and four team, um, we're going to keep talking about it. So let's just do a run through real quick um, before we get on out of here. Just talking about the grades again. Quarterback, I gave him a C. You gave him a C, C minus right in there. So it was I, I could live with a C if I was going final answer. Offensive tackle, I gave him a C minus. You gave Garrett Bowles and Massey a C minus C minus interior offensive line. I gave them a D D minus um, D minus gave, D minus tight end. I gave them a. D D plus D D and wide receivers. I gave a B solid B In incomplete for me. Yep. Otherwise I'd go, uh, I'd go B B minus. And we forgot running backs, running backs. I went B B oh. plus. Yep. And running backs, B B plus C uh, running backs don't matter. So that's why we forgot about, we're just going to leave them off there. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, hopefully things will get better. Neither there is kickers talent. until they miss one. Yeah. God. Uh, watching some college football this week. And that's always uh, honestly, because the kicking game is worse in college, it makes it a little bit more exciting. 
right? Like, cause it, this... I, I, I just hate it. The football is the ultimate team game. It's probably the best team game in all of sports. I mean, it's yeah. offensive line. You know, it, when you're talking about offense, I've said this before on offense, if one guy blows his assignment, the whole play can fail. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ever watch an all-star game and watch these all-stars come together, they don't let the defense do anything because it's that hard to play offense. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to get the snap counts, you bring in a new quarterback and the cadence changes, everything goes nuts. So yep. it's, it's hard. It's hard to play offense. Um, so and then the kicker is basically there by himself. Yeah. You know, and the whole thing comes down to him, just yeah. him, make it or miss it. It's, it's cruel. It's not, and, and, and I watch this in high school. I'm like, when I see high school coaches play for a field goal, I'm like, you're out of your mind. You are out of your mind. These 17 year old kids with all this pressure on them. You know, with with everything else in football, it's team. It's team, team, team. Yeah, one guy can make a play, but everybody else has to do their job. Yep. So, anyway. and I want to get to this comment from Gary uh, before we get on out of here. Uh, Gary uh, Melker coming in, Melcher. Um, he uh, been commenting earlier. I don't recognize you, Gary, but welcome in that big old black cowboy hat. Looking yeah, I appreciate like appreciate you. Um, uh, again, I don't see how you can greet any of these players when none of them seem to be playing for these coaches. They are professionals, but if coaches are demotivating, the players will. Do really have do we really have a good estimate on what we have from quarterback all the way down the line? Um, yes and no. Uh, the players, I mean, there's still tape out there, and you have a six game sample size, which is, I mean, that's enough. Six games, that's enough for most players or uh, teams to make a call on a prospect, right? They're not watching every single game of a prospect ever. They're looking at, you know, it depends on the position too. You're going to watch more of the quarterbacks than you are the wide receivers or et cetera. But um you can only go off what you have. And right now we have these six games. So uh, even though, even if some people are doing a, a little a chickening out with the incomplete grades, um, but, uh, <laughs> um, but do it again tomorrow. So get yeah, ready I, for it. Yeah, I know it's uh it's, it's fair. Um, but we had the context of the discussion around it at least. Um, but yeah, Gary, it's, is it tough to grade them or is it uh, fair to grade them? Maybe not. Was it free to uh, fair to totally grade and indict drew lock last year? Maybe, maybe not, but um, all we have is what we have to go on, and you can't just sit there and say, well, maybe if we change this variable, uh, things will get better, right? Or this yeah, one little uh, thing. You have to move this, forward. The student may have had a crap teacher, but it's still his work. Yep. So yeah, there yeah, are absolutely. circumstances or extenuating circumstances for all of these things. Mm-hmm. So is it fair? Uh, it's fair to point out that there are extenuating circumstances, and I, I think we're, we've done a fair job of saying the – the offensive line, you know, if, I, if I'm talking about the running backs, well, they're getting hit in the backfield. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if I'm talking about the interior line, well, they they ran four running plays. You know, you got you got Quinn Miners and Drew Reisner and, and Glasgow. These guys want to go forward. The interior line against the Ravens, they run four pass plays, four run plays in the second half. Yep. You know, that that's not necessarily on them. So they're not being played to their strengths. And we try and address that in this discussion. But overall, their play has been, this is what we think of their play. Yep. Absolutely. Well, guys, we're going to be with you tomorrow as well. Thank you, everybody who joined us today. Um, it was awesome to be mon- uh, coming at you Monday. And I saw Peter asking earlier, uh, when are you guys going to be going? We're going to be doing Monday, Tuesday, Thursday going forward here, uh, seeing how that goes. So uh, hopefully you guys will keep coming in and joining us. Uh, we wanted to do 45 minutes, but here we are coming at an hour. So going to close that on up. Um, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Trying to get out at 45. I'm like, uh-huh. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> that's me that that's me not you um twitter.com at mile high huddle and at huddle up pod follow us also at scout kennedy for scott and myself at nick kendall mhh uh, make sure you go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod i stepped um, on you with this one peter coming okay. back in with star saying he loves the three days appreciate you peter yeah we love you peter um thank you so much for joining us this morning and uh, we also got Make sure you're joining us on YouTube by liking, subscribing, and sharing, and going to Scott's page at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. And I'm starting to see it on YouTube. People are starting to at me on, uh, excuse me, not on YouTube, on uh, Twitter, um, where people are getting their mugs going. And we have three, if we have three shows a week, um, and you guys are joining us as well, make sure you're getting us our, the Mile High, uh, Mile High mugs here. Um, Broncos for breakfast with Nick Kennel and Scott Kennedy. Um, go to huddleuppod.com, get those in. I know Scott got the bigger mug option. I got the smaller one, but overcompensating. Yeah, I mean, I probably should have gotten the bigger one just because of uh, waking up at 6:30 a.m. to do these shows. But um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we appreciate all you guys coming in. 
Um, make sure you Drinking go to Huddle Up. Straight out of the press, I get too many grounds in my mouth, so. <laughs> <laughs> just uh, just black teeth. Um, but, uh, yeah, make sure you go to HuddleUpPod.com to get your swag on. Um, the prices are there, Tommy Simmers, and they have a 11-ounce option and uh, another one. I, I don't even remember which 15. one. Is which. 15. So uh, make sure you guys get that. Uh, add us on Twitter when you get them, too. I've been That's been really Really humbling, I guess is the word. I don't know how to say like, oh man, we got this mug that has my name on it. I'm just some idiot out here in the Pacific Northwest rambling around. Uh, you, you know, you know what Iowa stands for, right? Idiots out wandering around. Idiots out wandering around. And I've really embodied that out here in the Pacific Northwest with the hiking. So appreciate you guys and everything supporting us. Um, we'll see you tomorrow. Scott, what's the rest of your day look like? Yeah, going to watch some prospects. I, some I, sl- I slept to like seven today, so I got to catch up on a lot of work. And then... Okay. Uh, I got, I got a lot of stuff to catch up on. And what I'll be doing is I've got three shows in the hopper from Saturday, uh, Sunday, and Monday, and, and today where I'm going to take some of the clips that I thought, because I've been here on all of them, uh, mm-hmm. where I thought were really interesting, uh, nice little sound bites, 90 seconds to two minutes. And I'm going to be putting them on YouTube. So mm-hmm. uh, make sure you're likes, liking and subscribing to the Mile High Huddle YouTube channel, because I'll be putting more of these on YouTube. Um some, some bite-sized clips and also uh, promotion for the show. So um, I'll be hitting, hitting some of those. So I'll see if Nick said anything worth, uh, worth, worth clipping and try not to just do, not. do, do mine. I probably won't do mine. Yeah. And uh, get reminded me tomorrow, we're going to do the defensive grades. Um, and also I have my uh, preliminary uh, top 10 for the NFL draft uh, big board already. I'm starting to sort some of these guys. I so, want Jordan um, Davis he's man. He, I have my top five set. He might be in the six through 10 range. I want, we'll if you run a three, four, you want Jordan Davis. It's that simple. I mean, think of those, you know, think of those immovable objects on the Baltimore Ravens. They're three fours, you know, that I want Jordan Davis. Yeah. We're gonna have to get into it. We're gonna have to get into it, um, but uh, we're gonna have a whole off season for that. But uh, guys, we appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow at the uh, seven mountain time. AM uh, until then stay safe. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.